Petersburg. This is SportsCenter. Hello there. I'm Mark Robbins. Third round of the 85th Masters is underway. Justin Rose has the lead at 7-under. He'll tee off in several hours. He's one better than Brian Harmon and Will Zalatoris. Zalatoris making his Masters debut in ESPN's Marty Smith. He was a guest on his own show, Marty and McGate. He's working television now for uh, ESPN. At, at Augusta says, this former Wake Forest star is impressive on the course and in the press room. Great candor, great emotion, very direct personality. And it was so cool to hear he's a Texas kid. And he was very grateful for Jordan Spieth's friendship and the direction and the assistance that Spieth had offered him as a player. Live coverage of the third round of the Masters feature holes, feature groups can be found right now on ESPN+. San Diego first last night. No, Ron Burgundy didn't get through a show without a big mistake. I'm talking a no-no. First time a Padres pitcher ever threw a no-hitter. And local kid Joe Musgrove accomplished it with a 10 strikeout, no-walk, 3-0 shutout of the Texas Rangers. The only blemish on his performance, he hit a batter in the fourth. In Major League Baseball from Friday, Angels beat the Jays 7-1. Giants with a win, beat the Rockies 3-1. Tampa Bay gets a victory, knocking off the Yankees 10-5. And speaking of those teams... We got them for you. That's right. Coverage of Game 2 of the Yankees-Tampa Bay Series from Tampa, ESPN Radio, 12.30 p.m. Eastern. It's when our coverage begins. Coming up Monday, Keyshawn and Zubin are back, and we'll continue to discuss whether Andy Dalton is the best quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Should they go after Teddy Bridgewater? Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, Monday on ESPN Radio. This is Darian Mail on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Good Saturday morning to you. Darian Mail, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Always presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests over the course of the show and all the other ones appear via the Goodyear hotline. It is good. To have you with us. Melman, again, here we are, three weeks from the draft. Or I guess we're, what, 19 days from day one of the NFL draft. And you will be all over that. And you'll be in Cleveland for that, Melman? As we speak, we are supposed to be. And we also, As right we now, speak, are in yes, day three. We're going into day three. But not of, of the, the draft, but of the Masters. How dialed in are you? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that will make Urinaga and other people in the, in the offices cringe. As we sit here during the Masters, and we're doing a radio show during the Masters, that I I, I have personally, and, and if you got to hit me up at ESPN Dari on Twitter if you got a thought, if you're with me here, I love sports, but Mel, I have never been one that can sit and watch a lot of golf. I, I don't care what tournament it is, I will watch the back nine of a major if it's close. Really, I will watch that. I will pay so little attention to everything before it to where I'll look on a leaderboard this morning. Mm-hmm. And Connor, our producer, was right here with me doing it as we were talking over the headset. And I said, I, I, I've I, never heard of Will Zalatoris. And I've never heard of Brian Harmon. And uh, frankly, I know Justin Rose, but right. I don't know. I If Justin Rose walked into this bedroom I'm doing the show in right now, I don't know that I'd know it's Justin Rose. Like, I'm just not a golf guy, but I right. will watch because of the event and what might happen on Sunday on the back nine if it's close. But right now I'm looking at a leaderboard that's got Justin Rose atop it. I know he struggled early in the second round, finished with a 72. I got the basics, but I'm not like so my dad. I talked to my dad yesterday. I talked to my dad, who's in his early 70s. He went into his office so that he could watch golf, right? Got out of the house, went into the office, put his feet up, watched golf. That, that's mm-hmm. what my dad does. He watches all day, every day, and I know a whole lot of you listening do. That's just not me. But you paid a lot of attention to it, right? 
to me, golf watching it is very relaxing. I love the atmosphere. I love the scenery of it. Uh, the feeling of it when you watch a golf tournament is, is you talk about how scenic it is, and that to me relaxes me. When you're doing nothing but football, you need something as a diversion. And golf, I love okay. the LPGA. I love watching that. Love watching the PGA. Anything when you have, like I say, a, the Masters and Augusta National and something so historic, and and what it means the, to win a tournament of that magnitude. And you see guys that missed a cut, Dari, a Dustin Johnson, number one in the world, right, reigning Masters champion. Bogey three of the final four holes Friday. Missed a cut by a couple shots. Rory McIlroy had ten consecutive times playing the weekend at Augusta National. Not happening. Brooks Kepka, you know he had the injury, but he went home early. First time in six Masters appearances. So, again, when you have a Jordan Spieth coming back now playing much better golf, only a couple shots back, to me that makes it really interesting. But beyond all that, I don't even care who's on the leaderboard. It's the atmosphere and the scenery of a golf yeah. tournament that makes me feel like I need to watch. Okay. I can buy into all that. I mean, I, like, I get it. I, I get it. I think if I had a day off and I didn't have kids running around or 100,000 things to do at the house and I could put my feet up and watch it, maybe, maybe. But we'll get into this a little bit. Michael Collins is going to join us later in the show, ESPN Golf Reporter, and we'll, we'll talk about this. But Rhodes with a one-shot lead on Harmon and Zalatoris. Jordan Spieth, Mark Leishman are two shots back. Justin Thomas. Alabama alum, of course, sits three shots off the pace. Bryson DeChambeau uh, is one under. He is six back. Cut line was at plus three. Phil Mickelson starting his third round right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, He just made the cut. But, yes, Garcia, Kepka, DJ, Westwood, McElroy, some names that did not make the cut. Did you watch Joe Musgrove last night? I did not. You didn't watch it. I did not. I, I was working, and we were in college baseball land. And then I see this alert come up that Joe Musgrove is three outs from the Padres' first no-hitter ever. The only Major League franchise without a no-hitter in its history, going back to the 60s when they became a team, was the San Diego Padres. And he gets down to the final out at Globe Life Field in Arlington against the Texas Rangers, one out from making history. And here's what it sounded like on 97.3 The Fan. No balls in one stride. The big right-hander ready and delivers. Swing and a ground ball to shortstop. Kim has it. Friendly hop. Throw to first. That is a no-hitter, and that is history. Joe Musgrove with the first no-hitter in Padre history. April 9th, 2021 at Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas. The kid comes home, and he gets it done. So awesome. Couldn't have picked a better individual for this to actually happen to. And he says, Mel, the kid comes home. No, he didn't go home to Arlington. Musgrove grew up a Padre fan 15 miles from San Diego with parents who were season ticket holders to the San Diego Padres. And here he is becoming the first Padre ever to throw a no-hitter. How cool is that story? Very good story. Didn't see it, though. I was too busy doing Mach 1 and 2. My first-round Mach goes out on uh, Tuesday, Tuesday. Mach 4.0. And also we'll have the second round as well. We're going to talk a lot of NFL draft today, Dari, to our listeners who want to obviously get geared up for what's going to be happening. Uh, and we're down to days now, Dari. We don't talk weeks anymore with the draft. We talk days. And, sure. And uh, there's a lot of guys. And I'm going to have a – we're going to do a little bit today, Dari, on – Players who are way off the radar, and I'm not talking about fifth, sixth, seventh rounders. I'm talking about second-round guys that nobody's talking enough about that are going to have really good careers and are hot right now, red-hot right now, that are completely right now under-publicized. In the top two rounds, you're talking about guys Mm -hmm. that aren't getting the cut. Okay, so we'll go there. Hey, uh, I have not talked to you since the old Carolina Panthers here in my backyard uh, landed themselves a quarterback, pulled themselves out of the draft quarterback mix because Sam Darnold, uh, made his arrival here. As charismatic strides forward in the final furlong and wrestles the lead away from Yankee Victor, coming to the line in the cool for Lexington is going to be charismatic in front. We're off to the races, powered by The Racing Biz, your independent voice for racing and breeding in the Mid-Atlantic. On the web at theracingbiz.com. On the radio, on ESPN Richmond, it's off to the races. 
Here's Nick Hahn. Here I am finally on this Saturday morning, a little bit damp outside, a little bit of fog in Virginia, but uh, playing some Black Crows that tells us that it's Arkansas Derby weekend, and of course they're running the Lexington Stakes up at Keeneland. What do you say now of this last weekend of Kentucky Derby prep races is uh, about to emerge here with the two big stakes races. You heard Charismatic there in the opening. Uh, Charismatic, a legendary horse among uh, my crowd here, among the uh, former down the stretch and off to the races. Our first year out at Churchill Downs was shortly after he won the Lexington. D. Wayne Lucas, uh, the trainer there, catapulting him to a triple crown bid that ended up with a third place finish with Chris Antley aboard in the Belmont Stakes after capturing the first two legs. On today's show, we'll speak in mere minutes here with Costa Hironis. He is the owner of Rock Your World, the winner of the Santa Anita Derby. A little bit after that, his trainer, John Sadler, joins us as well. We'll also talk to, of course, Derby Bill, get his selections. In our Features with Frank segment, we'll have Chris Brown. You'll want to hear about this little bit off tail here so to speak as um, there's a horse by the name of Cyrus who can't do one of the most simple things a horse uh, and fundamental things the horse does and we'll find out a little bit about that from Frank Vespi a little bit later in the show but wanted to bring in uh, Costa Hironis here the owner of Rock Your World and uh, an impressive winner coming off the turf in winning the Santa Anita Derby last week, getting a little bit of a price here at uh, five to one, uh, with Medina Spirit attracting all the attention. A nice win there, and now sits fifth. Is it fifth? Yeah, fifth in the point standings for the uh, Kentucky Derby. And thanks for joining us and doing this interview with us from California, Costa Hironis. Uh, first off, just want to say congratulations in winning that Santa Anita Derby. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Yeah, it's an honor to be on your show. Uh, wanted to talk to you a little bit about this this prospect here. Derby's coming up a little bit early this year, uh, May 1st, and you're three weeks away from it here, four weeks out after you won the race yesterday. Uh, you know, rock your world, coming off the turf uh, and leading wire to wire in the uh, Santa Anita Derby. Caught maybe a lot of people looking the other way, uh, and but suddenly you have a major Kentucky Derby ten, uh, contender here. Uh, you know, tell us about the path uh, coming into the Santa Anita and, and your expectations for Churchill. Well, you, you know, at Santa Anita, uh, all we can do is work out on the dirt. They don't they don't let us on the turf to work. So, you know, he'd uh, he'd only been on the dirt. Actually, I think there was question mark would be that uh, his first race on the grass, and and that was just uh, that just happened because he was ready to go, and the and the maiden special weight that was available was short, and we wanted to go short, and the short turf was the only one available to us, so we put him in there. And he ran really, really nice on the and galloped out great. So at that point, Sadler uh, just he he decided right off the bat we'd run the Pasadena Stake and give him a little more time to grow and a little easier, you know, surface for him to be on and uh, let him go two turns for the first time and see what we have. And uh, at that point, we decided if he ran well, we'd go ahead and take a shot at the uh, San Anita Derby. And so yeah, his plan came together. I, I give him all the credit. He did a great job getting him ready and uh, things things. Things came together like they should, and uh, you know, as far as the uh, the San Diego Derby, as far as going out of there the way he did, you know, we were kind of a victim of the post, and we were down low, and we didn't want to get covered up and have a bunch of dirt in his face for the first time. So we thought if we got him in some clean air, he could uh, have a chance to run. You mentioned John Sadler uh, in trading emails during the week. Uh, there, there's a joke in the Sea Biscuit movie where um, uh, you know the the owner is says he's gets questioned. He says, "Oh, you have to have three trainers so you can fire two of them." Uh, but that's not the relationship that you have with John Sadler. I mean, just a fiercely loyal uh, relationship. You trust him. Uh, he he trusts you. Uh, tell us a little bit about your your owner trainer relationship. There, it's it's very unique. Yeah, we're we're very very close. And uh, back in 2010, when we decided, to, uh, me and brother Pete decided to uh, claim our first horse, and uh, 
um, and we were at Santa Anita, and we were, we were good. But we had gone to the track, you know, for many years just as fans and, and handicappers. And uh, actually, our usher um, is the one that introduced us we, to, to uh, John. And we thought there's just no chance that Mr. Sadler's going to take us because we're just little tiny fish. And, and I know he had some big-time owners, Ike and Don Thrash and, and uh, Jenny Craig. And, you know, we just, we're just little farm boys from Bakersfield that wanted to claim a horse. And um, at the time, we were very blessed because he had some room in his barn, and he took us on. And we didn't really interview John. John interviewed us. It was kind of the other way around. And uh, yeah, we've uh, we're committed to him, and we're we've gotten very very close. We're 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 family now. And uh, yeah, um, in John we trust. Uh, a lot of people ask me why we do certain things at a certain time, and I say, well, because John Sadler said so. There's a line from the documentary with Akeem the, the Dream about Phi Slamma Jamma and how they got Akeem the Dream Olajuwon the, to come to the University of Houston where he showed up in New York and it was cold and he went to a baggage handler and he said, uh, of these three places, which one is more like Africa where he, was, where he came from? And the African baggage handler said don't go to providence don't go to louisville go to houston i'm just curious do you know the usher do you still see him that puts you two together with john sadler yeah he's very very italian his name is tony and uh we had like i said me and brother pete had had weekend uh tickets there in, in the grandstands and uh um see our, our grandma was from pasadena so all of our family outings when we go visit grandma and grandpa would they our family day was at santa Anita racetrack so that's how we got to know and then when Pete and I got old enough to, you know, on our own to be able to drive down there, we, we just became fans. And uh, and Tony was our usher. And I remember him, we were telling him, we said, yeah, we're going to claim a horse. He said, don't talk to anybody. Let me let me make an appointment for you for when you come back next weekend. And, uh, yeah, we were blessed that he introduced us to John. And I got to give him a lot of credit. He's the one that kind of got us in there. And uh, and I think John took us because we, we were kind of had some Pasadena blood in us. And he's a Pasadena guy. So it all came together really well. I can't let you go here without talking about uh, Stellar Wind, a horse very near and dear to me as he, she was foaled about a mile from my house here from Charlottesville, here in Charlottesville, Virginia, and, and a horse that, that you had come across uh, goes out to California, wins three races out there, finishes fourth in the Kentucky Oaks, but then for a while, I mean, for about six months, it wasn't Songbird, it wasn't Beholder, it was Stellar Wind, who was the best female thoroughbred in the country. Just want to get some thoughts about, you know, Stellar Wind and, and, and that campaign. Well, you're absolutely correct. She, she really was the female horse here, and, and it seemed like, you know, Songbird and, and Beholder got all the publicity, and, you know, she, she turns around and wins six G1s in her career, and, uh, and you know, it was just, you know she had some bad luck in the Kentucky Oaks. She, just, she didn't really like the track. She broke really, really poorly, and uh, but she ended up fourth. She ran good, and then we uh, she she got her and uh, she got bumped in the Breeders' Cup that year, and it got down to an inquire, and uh, that took and that was the longest ten minutes of my life, to be honest with you. Uh, but yeah, she just had a couple bad luck, but in general, no, Stellar Wind was brilliant, a brilliant uh, racehorse, and boy, she was just. Uh, she was such a sweetheart in the barn, but it seems like when she got to the, she put that saddle on to go to the racetrack, she she put her game face on. She was she was a tough tough horse. Yeah, certainly uh, one of my favorites. Uh, maybe a comment about Accelerate as well. Uh, this such a giant horse. Late on the, you know, didn't race in the Triple Crown, but certainly a, a dominant older horse. Uh, you know, what did Accelerate do for your role as a horse owner? Yeah, Accelerate. Uh, you know, he didn't even run until I think it was May of his three-year-old. Uh, career because he just came along slowly and and we've been very very patient with our horses we don't run a lot of two-year-olds because they're not ready to go even have rock your world ready at this point is kind of a surprise to us we usually don't have a horse that comes along early but accelerate what a brilliant career he just uh to win the breeders cup classic for the Heronis family i mean what an honor that's that's like winning the the super bowl inside the world series i mean just, that's that's the race of races and he had a great career. He just kept getting better and better. He just kept maturing. And again, we'll give all the credit to John Sadler and his team and Juan Leva and 
Alex Bassano, the guys that do the training there, and those guys, um, I mean, it just they just kept working with him and um, just kept bringing him along little by little. And and he, he actually his attitude kind of changed between his uh, three and four year old year. He actually he actually started to get a little attitude and got a little tough and kind of thought he was king of the barn and he started to run like it. Yeah, the two two great horses there, and and we hope that Rock Your World becomes the third one for you. Uh, we appreciate you spending some time with us out from California, getting up early, uh, and spending some time with us on off to the races. Good luck with Rock Your World, and uh, enjoy your time in in Louisville, and uh, and best wishes moving into the Triple Crown. Well, thank you very much. It's an honor and a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you so much great costa Hironis uh joining us from california on off to the races this morning as uh we're trying to pick up some ground here uh on off to the races going to reach out for his aforementioned trainer here john sadler on off to the races uh this morning a little bit later in the show we'll speak with frank vespi uh as he interviews chris brown and uh we'll have a little bit of music here for derby bill a, a request of all things as it's arkansas derby day in lexington the only two these are the last two, so we pretty much have the uh, Kentucky Derby field set. Proxy runs today, kind of a bit of a, a, a bit of a surprise, actually. We thought this horse might switch over to the to the turf, might sit out, uh, but they're going to start him in the Lexington. Uh, trainer Michael Stidham there, so we'll be interested in following that. Uh, we're going to bring in uh, John Sadler here on off to the races. Uh, we appreciate you spending some time with us on a very busy morning. Uh, just spoke with uh, with uh, Costa Hironis about Rock Your World winning that Santa Anita Derby, a big win. Uh, it's hard to wrestle those uh, Santa Anita Derbies away from Bob Baffert, but but you got one uh, with that win over Medina Spirit. Uh, just give us your thoughts first off about Rock Your World's performance in the Santa Anita Derby. Oh, we were really happy. Uh, you know, we thought he was a good horse. He's been answering the questions as we bring him along. You know, he won both his first two starts, Little Green and the second start. And you by Green, I mean, just looking around, learning his job. And he took another nice step forward in the Sanity and the Derby. Yeah, that's a little bit about maybe the timing of of how this is coming up with uh coming off the turf you've had you've been close to the triple crown i mean it's it, it is sort of set aside certainly for many of the civilians that follow racing uh, you know it is it is set aside amongst all, all other racing you had stellar wind who was in the kentucky oaks finished fourth you had accelerate who was late on the scene you know two real dominant horses but just maybe the timing of having that horse right then right now uh, into the kentucky derby and the rest of the triple crown you know it, it, what, what sort of planning obstacles are part of that well you know we you know we're a big outfit and we have a lot of success and um when you have even a you know a lot a bigger star than the rest of the barn you just at this point in my career i just want to enjoy it um you know, I'm fortunate to have some really nice owners and Michael Talla and Costa Aronis that um, are willing to back me and um, go out and find some of these horses. So um, I just feel very fortunate at this point and, and looking forward to what's out there. It's one of the few races that that has eluded you, uh, you know, in the Triple Crown. What did what what is your plan maybe leading up to churchill downs and and the derby and and you know what would it mean uh, it's a, it's a big box to check in any trainer's career yeah well i mean the the plan is for us to remain in california till race week um you can get a lot of weather over there in louisville in, in april so we'll stay home in the sunshine and then go in you know six days before the race and and we'll be ready when we get there and Hopefully, we'll have a good week once we get there. In the Carousel Stakes today, a race at Oaklawn Park, uh, small field, six-horse field. Uh, you know, this is for fillies and mares, four-year-olds and upwards going six furlongs here. Uh, you have Edgeway, uh, you know, racing at Oaklawn. You know, tell us maybe a little bit about this filly and, and the chances, uh, you know, how do you like your chances in this race? 
uh, we like our chances. Just a very good filly. You'll see she's three out of three out of five, and then the other two races, she was second in the stake and third in the stake. It's a very good race today. It's a small field at Oakland, but that Frank Rockette is probably the second best filly going short in the United States behind Gamine, and and I'm probably in the top five. So the quality laden field, even though it's a small field, um, she has the experience of running there last year. So. Um, we're very excited about today. She shipped out, you know, with uh, concert tour on 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 Tuesday, I believe it was, and um, she's going right in on top of the race. And we're excited. We have our uh, main rider Joel Rosario on her. Wanted to ask you. Uh, we asked this of of uh, Costa Hironis, but also wanted to to ask you a little bit about two other horses that you've trained uh, in your career. Big horses, uh, uh, Stellar Wind and, and Accelerate, especially Stellar Wind, being that she's a Virginia bred, you know, and, and was like I said earlier, fold about a mile from my house here, just north of Charlottesville. Of uh, a, a horse that was sold for forty thousand, then eighty thousand, and then eventually at the end of her career for six million. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe a, a thought on those two horses, uh, especially Stellar Wind. You know what what they meant to you what their styles were like uh well, they're both really top horses for us obviously both eclipse champions um stellar wind you know gave us a good two three year run there and and ran beautiful all the time she was a special filly because she was very feminine she was very much a, a you know a, a girl so um, we loved her to death having her around here she never disappointed us you know a couple times she's a little unlucky but that can happen but um just a really top mare. She had a couple of great wins over Beholder, um, which just for epic races. And then Accelerate, you know, for him to run the table at five like he did, winning five group ones, and ended up with the biggest race of the year, the Breeders' Cup Classic, you know, that's near and dear to my heart. So um, I've been blessed to have a lot of good horses in my career, and, and those are certainly probably two of the very best. Yeah, certainly, t- certainly are. Uh, but wanted to leave you, or at least maybe ask this question as well. We're sitting here in Virginia, where unfortunately we imported our horse industry out from the breeding farms for too many years, too many decades, for that fact. Uh, in California, you guys are are very loyal to California, but you know, due to due to COVID and other situations, uh, you know, found. Oaklawn sort of a, a respite home uh, for racing last year. You know, maybe just a, a comment about racing in California, how important it is, and, and, you know, being back and anchored in California, and also you know, the opportunity to race in, in other parts of the country. Yeah, I mean, California has, a you know, a great history with horse racing, and I'm a native Californian, so this is probably, you know, where I'm going to stay, but that being said, you know, we have an extremely difficult state for not just horse racing, but for anything, really. You know, we're we're overtaxed and overregulated, you know. So California is, is not a lot of fun right now, currently. Uh, but, you know, uh, the racing is still strong as ever, and we're looking forward to, you know, kind of a COVID-free year. I think by the time we get to Del Mar, you know, we'll be at full attendance. What really warmed me about the Santa Anita Derby is to have our fans back. That was literally the second day that they had people in the grandstand, even though it was a a limited number. But, I mean, I think as the restrictions come off with COVID and get people back to normal, it's going to really brighten everybody's mood. Breeders' Cup there at Del Mar at the uh, end of the racing season so certainly looking forward to that i'm sure you are as well well we appreciate you i know you had other interviews today so we appreciate you taking time to to do our small show here but uh appreciate it and good luck in three weeks in louisville uh you know rock your world is is a horse just even here in virginia a lot of people have picked up on the name and the performance and and really like that horse It, it really that that flavor really oozes out so we we appreciate that and Good luck in, in three weeks. We'll be following Okay, it. thank you very much. Have a good day. 
Great. John Sadler joining us on Off to the Races this morning. We're going to go to break here on Off to the Races. When we come back, we'll join in with Frank Vespi and see what his features with Frank's segment has with uh, Chris Brown. You won't want to miss this. And, of course, Derby Bill will be joining us picking the Lexington Stakes and the Arkansas Derby, the last of the Kentucky Derby preps. What I'd say? Uh, going in the break, it's Ray Charles Take us and to break on off to the races. Stay tuned. Mike Greenberg is now back and part of your morning. Greeny, weekdays at 10, following the sports huddle on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that when something belongs to you, you'll work to make it the best it can be. That's why every OMF employee is also an owner. From the factory to the sales floor to the delivery team, being an owner means that we take pride in all that we do. Each of our employee owners has a customer-first focus to provide not only a better mattress, but a better mattress shopping experience. Visit a location near you or go to OriginalMattress.com to see the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. Peace and justice, the fastest son of war front standing in Pennsylvania. From the family of champion What a Treat and legendary Coolmore sire Be My Guest. At Stud, Peace and Justice has 40% winners from starters, including stakes winner Like a Salt Shaker, plus Louis Law, Smoke'em Peace Pipe, and Italian Twin, a recent winner at Gulfstream. Peace and Justice, a brilliant miler by Super Sire Warfront, standing for just $3,500 at Blackstone Farm in Pennsylvania. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly Auto Parts is here to keep your car on the road with the right parts, advice from our parts professionals, and our free loaner tool program. Your local store has more than 80 specialty tools available for your next repair. Refundable deposit required. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about our free loaner tool program or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers greater confidence in you. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal, and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing lender license in all 50 states and MLSConsumerAccess.org number 30. Reason number 87 to choose Diamonds Direct over any other jeweler. Free service for life with no fine print. That's right. When you buy your engagement ring or any piece of jewelry at Diamonds Direct, you will never have to pay a dime in the future for sizing, cleaning, or routine maintenance. Even if she accidentally knocks out a side accent diamond, Diamonds Direct will replace it free. Now, other stores claim to offer warranties, but the catch is they won't honor it unless you bring your ring in for regular inspections. But at Diamonds Direct, inspections are never required. There's no gotcha clause, no fine print, no looking for ways to void the warranty. Plain and simple at Diamonds Direct, we stand behind what we sell and we're committed to servicing it at no charge for life, period. It's all part of our commitment to provide you with the ultimate in value and total confidence. Diamonds Direct, the jeweler you can trust with a no-questions-asked 100% free lifetime warranty. Come see us to learn more. Short Pump West Broad Village, where Richmond gets engaged. Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now, so let us tell you something you do want to hear. You are powerful. You're a warrior who bathes in your enemy's tears. Then you step out of that refreshing tear bath and into a bathrobe that somehow looks good on you. Yeah, you can pull off a robe. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better when you save money for driving safely with Snapshot from Progressive. Mmm, savings you can use to buy more robes. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. It doesn't matter if you walk, skip, bike, jog, skateboard, or pogo stick. When you head outside, take us along. If you've got your phone, you've got us. Listen to our live stream at ESPNRichmond.com. The Man in Black. An old cowboy went riding out one dark and windy day. Johnny Cash. 
learned something from Derby Bill a few weeks ago. I didn't realize Johnny Cash was from Arkansas on this Arkansas Derby Day. Thanks for spending your Saturday with us on Off to the Races. I'm your host, Nick Hahn. Uh, got Frank Vespi of the Racing Biz, where they have a handicapping contest today. Go to theracingbiz.com and sign up for that. Uh, Frank Vespi now joins us on Off to the Races. Uh, feature on the show that is uh, it's a little bit on the farm, a little bit background, a little bit of on the racetrack, you name it. And uh, Frank now joins us. Let's see what he has. An interesting story coming up here about Chris Brown. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Nick. I guess, I guess you could say it's a little bit country and a little bit rock and roll, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stop, drop, and roll is what they say, right? <laughs> Except some some do it and some don't, you know? That's exactly right. And that, that's what our, our guest is going to talk about here. You know, a lot of horses, certainly thoroughbreds, when they become famous, it's for things that they do. I mean, I think American Pharaoh winning the Triple Crown. But there's a yearling Colt in Maryland who, who's become a Twitter star because of because he can't do something that virtually all horses can do. Cyrus, the Colt, can't roll. And now horses roll for all sorts of reasons, to stretch themselves, to scratch, for grooming, to get rid of insects, to communicate with each other. Pretty much all horses do it, but Cyrus can't. Cyrus, he's a little bit media shy, so we couldn't get him on today, but let's call him his promoter. Chris Brown is going to join us right now. And Chris, welcome to the program. Take me back to the first day of Cyrus's stardom. What happened? Good morning, Frank. So, <clears throat> honestly, I, I've i used Twitter for, for years and years and years, and after nine years had had gotten a whopping 200 followers and uh last july we we gave cyrus a bath and and just like a normal day where i would take videos of of the horses um everyone else after their bath got right down and rolled right in the sand pit and and cyrus had what i think you could only describe as a meltdown um he, he put his head down and and started pawing and and rearing and and it was kind of that in, instant we realized maybe maybe he can't do this <laughs> and and the other horses would would kind of stare at him and and what is wrong with you and uh, um, you know like 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 I said I I took video and and put out just what I thought was a, a normal tweet something I had done hundreds of times before just said you know. Look how angry Cyrus is. He he can't roll, and uh, it, it blew up 80, 83,000 views later, and uh, been on the news, and 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 basically we said he, he now has a fan club, and uh, it made people smile. It made people happy, and and I quickly realized that, and that's the reason I I kept posting videos, and. Uh, and we would go out there and, and try to show him how to roll and and do different features each time we went to see him. And um, we're now nine months later, and he still has not rolled. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you got ahead of me there. I, I was going to ask at the end if he can roll, but if you're, you're, you're letting the cat out of the bag. He still cannot roll. Um, I, I mean, I, I get asked on a daily basis, has Cyrus rolled? And then... The answer has not changed since July. Uh, there's some times where, where I'll have the camera on him and I'll see him start pawing and I'll see him put his head down and I, I'm certain he's going to do it and he pops up and it doesn't happen. And it, it's, uh, I don't know, it's turned into not so much uh, if it's going to happen. I'm, I'm not sure it ever will. <laughs> He might be the only horse who never figures out how to roll. So as you, uh, you know, as you were doing this, and so as as that first video, you know, started making the rounds, you as you said, you you had a couple hundred Twitter followers. You know, nothing sort of consequential. When was it that you said, you know, holy smokes, we we really have something on our hands here? Uh, I was I was eating dinner. Um... It was either the first or second night. It had been been kind of out there, and 
And my wife, Katie, looked at her phone and said, the Breeders' Cup just tweeted Cyrus. <laughs> and um, when that happened, things really kind of exploded from there. And I, I think I went from 200 followers to 2,000, pretty much, pretty much just like that. And the Breeders' Cup was probably the one where, where – a little bit more national, a little bit more than just uh, just around here. We're talking with Chris Brown of Designated Hitters Racing and, and uh, the uh, author, if you will, of the whole Cyrus tale. Now, Cyrus uh, eventually uh, gets his own hashtag, which is hashtag roll cyrus roll and and uh after that uh the we at the racingbiz.com did a did a feature on him and then mid-atlantic thoroughbred and and it kind of all went crazy but i i feel like the hashtag really um captured something and and made this even bigger it did and and it, it gives people now who are a little bit behind the story a chance to to kind of have something to catch up on and and uh it just sounds it sounds right roll cyrus roll it's it's uh it, it flows off the tongue i guess too <laughs> but <laughs> but it did it, it it gave us something to 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 really track the story and and turn it turn it in like i said it's been pretty much nine months where it's almost turned into a uh i would say it is it's like a fan club now and and i get tweets daily people that um, they'll get home from work and how Cyrus did Cyrus roll today? My husband got home from work. He didn't ask me how I'm doing. He, he asked how Cyrus and uh, it, it started to put a little bit of pressure on me because uh, you know this isn't my full time job. I, I am not. Uh, you see, I post a lot about horses and 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 we race horses and we're breeding horses. This is not this is not my job. This is not my full time job. Um, I work full time during the week for another company, and uh, this is this is more of a hobby. And it it did it started to feel a little bit like pressure, but it, you could just tell so many people were were happy following the story that um, I had no choice but to find time every week to to get updates and make sure people can can see how they're doing. Well, and it seems like it really. Uh, it, came along at the right moment in the middle of a pandemic and a really bitter presidential election and just all kinds of stuff that made people unhappy and here comes cyrus is this um cult that alice pierce who is a friend of yours who's worked with uh cyrus lot calls a little weirdo and it just kind of made everybody smile folks can can check out your twitter it's at b-r-o-c uh b-r-o-w-c-h-o-5 uh that's zero five and and uh, to follow cyrus's exploits but cyrus is going big time now he doesn't just have a twitter account he's got a book tell us about the book so early on during the the the, the cyrus fan club um one of the things that we would often get is, you know, this just makes me smile. This this would make such a good children's book, and and I kind of laughed at that. I I don't even have kids. Um, I've never written a book. I hated English class. Uh, <laughs> I, I had no desire to to write a book. Um, but we were in a pandemic, and and this message just kept coming across. This needs to be a book. This needs to be a book, and I'm saying. Well, if someone wants to write a book, go write a book. Um, but, but one of our, you know our friends, Dan Heim, he pretty much the guy behind Designated Hitters Racing, said, "You know what, Chris? I, I've always had it on my bucket list to to do a book. So, so let's see what we can do." And I was like, "All right, if you start it, I, I'll, I'll be I'll be on board." And and he he sort of got got the story rolling a little bit so and, to speak uh, and once i realized that we had a story that was good that's when i took it more serious and um it turned into something that that i spent a lot of time on it 
probably have edited it six times and and really decided, hey, let's let's go the Amazon route. Let's let's really make this something because we made a book that's not a joke. It's it's got a great story and it's very loosely based on Cyrus. It's you know a horse that can't roll, but it's also about proving that it's okay to be different and and overcoming being different to still be successful and. Uh, it just it just ended up a, a really good story, and our fear from the beginning was was that people were just going to think it was a joke. That hey, they just kind of threw a threw a book out there, and uh, really wasn't the case. We were we were pretty proud of what we wrote, and and that's kind of why we went big with it. The book is called Roll Cyrus Roll The Adventures of Cyrus the Colt. You can get it on Amazon and uh, uh, some of the proceeds benefit Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation. Good stuff. It's a great story. Follow Chris on Twitter. It's at B-R-O-W-C-H-0-5 to uh, follow the exploits of Cyrus the Colt. Chris, thanks a lot for taking some of your Saturday out to talk with us about this great story. Roll Cyrus Roll. That's it. Hashtag Roll Cyrus Roll. It's a great story. I hope folks will uh, check it out. You can also read about it at theracingbiz.com. That was Chris Brown. And Nick, back to you. About that, I remember seeing Genuine Risk on a, on the 25th anniversary of her uh, Kentucky Derby win. <clears throat> Went up there and did a feature for her for the Blood Horse. And at 28 years old, that mare stopped, dropped, and rolled. Uh, very did the whole thing in about three <laughs> seconds. And, and here you have a young colt still trying. I think he's trying. I, I was watching some of the video earlier. He was actually trying to roll forward, not side to side. Looked like he was trying to do some somersaults out there. Can't figure out which way to roll. Maybe that's maybe just someone needs to point in the direction, you know, that you're <laughs> supposed to roll. But uh, yeah, we'll have a lot of fun with that and follow uh, Cyrus's career. Hopefully, he'll uh, make the turf at Colonial Downs one day. But great feature there, Frank. Thanks, Nick. Have a great day, and I hope you and Derby Bills pick some winners today. Great, yeah. Looking forward to that. And the Lexington Stakes and the Arkansas Derby. Just wanted to go back just before, uh, at the very beginning of the show, wanted to recap a couple of these races. We do have the race replays, but we're not going to run them today. Just time. Wanted to make sure that we leave some time here for Derby Bill and get his handicapping in. But I did want to... just talk about them briefly here uh, and and the lead up to the Kentucky Derby will play these replays because not only were these great horses and great performances, these were great race calls uh, by uh, John Embriel and Kurt Becker and Frank Marimani um, we'll play them in, in the weeks leading up to the Kentucky Derby. Burbonic with former guest of Off to the Races, Kendrick Carmooch a major upset in the um, in the Wood Memorial paying a hundred Oh boy, I can't even read it. $148.50 for the win there for uh, Todd Pletcher. So Bourbonic, he goes right up the Derby standings into sixth um, in the point standing. So obviously an, uh, uh, an opportunity there. We're still kind of confused whether it's Bourbonic or Bourbonic. But either way, I'll have my bourbon either way. Um, the uh, Keeneland Toyota Bluegrass Stakes. A big performance by Essential Quality. Uh, had to really work this time, beating a highly motivated Luis Saez, getting the win there. A great stretch duel. They they really slugged it out uh, going down the stretch. Javier Castellano board uh, highly motivated there. So uh, with that essential quality, clearly the, the, the horse to beat in the Kentucky Derby, likely favorite uh, with 140 points he'll be in. And of course, we did speak with Costa Hieronis and um, John Sadler earlier about Rock Your World and that uh, wire-to-wire performance. Uh, kind of a shocker, but winning that uh, Santa Anita Derby. So we'll, we'll play those replays in the uh, previews leading up to the Kentucky Derby. You won't want to miss that on upcoming shows. One of um, it is Arkansas Derby Day. It is Lexington Stakes Day. But the last race, the last prep race to be run, is the Arkansas Derby. And normally we don't take requests on this show, but if you get them in early enough, we do. And I bet you Derby Bill forgot about this 
but maybe thought I forgot about it, but I got it right here. Let's give them a little bit of lead-in intro, intro music here as we uh, start handicapping the Arkansas Derby. A little bit of Black Oak here. That's a Black Oak, Arkansas Derby Bill. Upon request, good morning. Yes, sir. It reminds me of the Kentucky Headhunters playing at Colonial Downs. I was about the only one clogging out there. <laughs> yeah, that, I was looking at the video. I mean, that is some old video. I think I think that was even back in the day when you had abs. That's how long that song uh, is. Yeah. <laughs> you say ab, abs or apps? Abs. You've, you've gone from uh-huh. abs to apps, I guess, right? Yeah, you got to have apps now. The sports world watching the uh, Masters over here is uh, your bookie was on there, uh, the person who wrote the book. I'm a, I'm a bookie fan, just a different type book. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one I think we we all can read. The Arkansas Derby is today, the last race of, of – it'll be the last race run where you can generate points. And it's a biggie. I mean, it's it's 100 points to the winner. It's only a field of six, which kind of tells you about how dominant Baffert is in this race. He's got a third of the field uh, with um, Hozier in that race. And, of course, uh, Concert Tour, a horse I really like, a big performer, winner of the Rebel Stakes. Uh, you know, this is a race American Pharaoh became very real in the Triple Crown uh, prospect there when he when he won that Arkansas Derby. Mentioned that as we were texting a little bit before the show, of course, Victory Gallop uh, later uh, you know came from Colonial Downs and actually went to Arkansas and then had that devastating win for you, a great win for me in the uh, in the Belmont Stakes uh, later that year during. Uh, Oh boy, what was it? That was real quiet's uh, triple crown bid. But um, field of six, Baffert has done really well in this race. Uh, the horses that are here are certainly looking to, they have to beat Baffert to basically get enough points here uh, to get into the Kentucky Derby in three weeks. Um, it's a mile and an eighth, it's a million dollar race. Uh, Caddo River, just to kind of quickly go through the field, we have Superstock with Asmussen, Caddo River with uh, Brad Cox, Baffert's Hozier, getting her numbers trained by Peter Miller, Concert Tour with Baffert, and then Last Samurai with uh, Dallas Stewart, who you can never count out. You can never count them out of the money, ever. Um, what are your thoughts on the Arkansas Derby? Well, Baffert's duo were uh, first and second in the Rebel, as you know, with Hoosier. And uh, Concert Tour, obviously, the better horse of the two. Obviously, probably in the top. Everybody's super effective for the Kentucky Derby now. Off his big win. Uh, Concert Tour, if he wins today, he goes straight to uh, Churchill and starts eating Derby pie uh, and try to find a way to beat his sense of quality. Super Sock. Super Sock in that race. Uh, Asmussen and Santana. That combination's like Baylor, Nick. They win a lot in Arkansas. Maybe just maybe not today. Super stock. They're the bailer of uh, the Arkansas Derby. If uh, people want to know, rough and tough and a real strong horse there. Caddy River is um, a Hot Springs residence. Is the owner uh, local uh, owner won the Smarty Jones by ten lengths, and then you know had a dumb had a bummer in his last outing, or he'd have better odds. Caddy River. So those are the four top ones there. Uh, Last Samurai, William Horton, probably better off at a coffee shop at Willie, Willie Horton's in Norfolk. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, interesting <coughs> take there with uh, with those horses there. Concert Tour is 11th in the point standings, safely in the field. Does Baffert do anything a little, you know, is he, is he just kind of running this horse for show? Should we be stunned if this horse doesn't? doesn't win he's he's certainly speedy uh he can have everything his own way in this race uh you know trying to anticipate the uh the post-race analysis a little bit you know we, we, concert tour doesn't win are we really concerned uh i'm not um baffert chips in and uh he knows what he's doing he's won this race uh 
when he ships east, you, you pay attention. I mean, no matter what year it is and what stable he has, obviously he's been a little disappointed at the top. And he needs a top horse here in Concert Tour. Uh, well, if Concert Tour doesn't win, he's going to have to bet uh, Robbie Robbie Reigns in WrestleMania with me. You know, he might uh, fade right off the Derby Trail. He needs this horse to win uh, and Hoosier to come in second, and both of them head on to the Derby. Back Black Oak. Still. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Bill. Oh, that's all right. Any Black Oak, Arkansas you got or or Hot Springs or Moonshine, I will take. Yeah, well, <laughs> a concert tour for uh, Black Oak, Arkansas would be well-suited for the Arkansas Derby. It's Smarty Jones won this race, a fleet of, you know, he almost won the Triple Crown, so this is a major race. Curlin won the Preakness after winning this race. Bodie Meister won this race, so there is a big list. Creator won the Belmont Stakes, won this race as well. They should have good weather for the race. They had some rain overnight, uh, but it looks like it's going to be fast and dry, 67 degrees by the time this race goes off so uh, weather should not be a factor however and Keeneland and this is kind of um, an interesting take because Keeneland doesn't uh, the the at Keeneland the Lexington stakes there aren't points on the line there's there's 20 points it's, it, you know even if you perform well in this race it may not be enough yet you got 10 starters at Keeneland for the Lexington Stakes. Uh, you, they could have gone to Arkansas, and the fourth-place finisher uh, gets something like eight points, uh, you know, which is almost like you know, what you get is finishing second in the Lexington Stakes. So that kind of shows you a little bit of respect for Baffert uh, with Concert Tour and Hozier uh, in the Arkansas Derby that these, these horses really tried to – to go somewhere else. Proxy might Proxy is the 20th horse right now in the Kentucky Derby standings and Hockey Dad I think is the only other one that even if they win this race can move ahead and bump somebody out of that 20 horse starting gate. Um, so really kind of interesting here. Uh, we led the show with Charismatics uh, race call in the uh, Lexington Stakes, his, his big win but a, a field of 10 here. Proxy despite a poor performance and and really the trainer on on radio michael stidham saying you know we just don't know we might put this horse on the turf you know that was kind of his comments after the the louisiana derby but they're going to stick with it here uh with proxy six to five john velasquez aboard maybe his last chance to uh secure his his derby um prospects um what do you make of the lexington well, uh, not not fond of Mother Nature here. Mother Nature should win that race today with thunderstorms. The good thing is, unlike Martinsville and NASCAR, the horses will go today in the mud. Yeah, we, and we think it, your horse, your horse. You like this horse to come to Colonial Downs and win the Virginia Derby, I believe. But the points he makes for winning this race force him force his hand to go to Kentucky. You're not going to give up the Kentucky Derby if this horse looks good today in the mud. Ultimate Badger is my long shot here. 15 to 1. This horse just gobbles it up 4 for 4 in the mud and uh, anticipated thunderstorms. If there anything like we saw in the east, it could be really ugly there today. That's why I'm focusing down on Oakland a little more today. Yeah, actually this race in the bluegrass may have produced more uh Virginia Derby starters over the decade than than Kentucky Derby starters. Uh, you know, uh, charismatic we we did mention, but showing up won this race, and of course he won the Colonial Turf Cup uh, for uh, Roy and Gretchen Guy uh, uh, Jackson. Um, Mr. Speaker, you know, certainly went on to to be a, a, a turf horse. So kind of interesting angle there, but uh, yeah, like your long shot there with Ultimate Badger. Uh, Derby Bill, just final moments here in the show, just. Thoughts on the Triple Crown and that great racing last week? Yeah, definitely uh, rocked your world, rocked everybody's world uh, last week, and Borbonic rocked everybody's wallet. So, <laughs> you know, too, quite yeah, a nightmare it, it, there not having Todd Pletcher in a uh, bet uh, and having exact to pay like $900 or something. And Borbonic was 72 to 1. The Todd Pletcher exact, if you don't bet that, uh, dollar exact box. Uh, in the big races you end up 
you know, going to the ATM machine again, Nick. Essential yeah. quality, hot rod Charlie, uh, rock your world, uh, and a couple others come out of here. Concert tour if he looks good today. And highly yeah. motivated, still eligible to make my uh, superfecta. But we'll see how it goes in the mud today and uh, kick things in gear for our uh, Derby Dozen, uh, our Krispy Kreme time of the year. Yeah. Well, that'll do it. I might get a donut myself. I want to thank everybody for being on the show. Costa Heronis and John Sadler joining us from California. Frank Vespi with his features with Frank. We'll see if uh, Cyrus rolls by this time next week. And, of from course, Derby Bill. Thanks for spending your Saturday morning with us. Mm-hmm.